we all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental suit, fitness. Coffee time. And yes, it is uh, coffee time once again on the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm Jason Floyd, your host. And today this is a family show, and I mean family. That doesn't mean it's safe for your family. It just means my family's on the air. So wanted to welcome uh, Julia. Hello. Barista extraordinaire from across town. Uh, we have uh, decided to give her the Saturdays away from the drive through and uh, she's joining me today. Uh, Loretta is taking a season off. Uh, she has a high tunnel and is going to be planting all kinds of goodies in the ground. We are hoping to do a special episode um, with her where we can do some cooking and uh, talking about some of the sort of agricultural interests of our community. And um, so we're looking forward to doing that. Stay tuned. I'll have some dates uh, for that, maybe we can even compel her to uh, invite some folks out to see the show live. That would be kind of cool. Maybe have a barbecue That'd for cool. our, our followers here on the uh, podcast, those who are local. Those of you that are uh, joining us from the Ukraine and uh, France, and you know, feel free to drop in. Um, that would be kind of cool. But uh, anyway, we've got a... a, a Kind of an interesting show for you today. I asked Julia to join us because I thought it might be it might be beneficial to uh, have the perspective of a 17-year-old in this culture. So recently, Julia had run out of things to listen to. Uh, normally, she's a, <laughs> a what a true crime podcast I, um, listener. I'm a true crime addict, a little bit. An addict. Okay, maybe we need to talk about this off the air. I know. But um, so she told me the other day, she came back from uh, working at our other other location. And, and what were you listening to? I was just listening to a bunch of different uh, political commentary, mostly from Prager University. Prager. And now Prager uh, recently was in Alaska. Uh, I believe his name is Jim Prager. Uh, no, Dennis. Dennis, 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 Dennis Prager. Prager. Uh, he was uh, up in Anchorage and, and gave some speeches and and talked about um, the biggest threat. I saw a headline that said the biggest threat to our culture and our children is the public college system. And so um, anyway, so you were listening to Prager and uh, she came back to the shop and heard that I was going to be going over to the District 7 Republican Party District meeting and asked if she could accompany me. What, what were some of the things that stuck out to you about that meeting? Well, for one, um, most of the people there were 50 or older. <laughs> well, I'm only 45. Well, yeah, so. I said most, most of the people. Um, there was not really anyone my age. And I think another part that stuck out to me was that there were there's a lot of flowery language. Like they weren't really being, they weren't trying to actually talk about what they were supporting and standing for. It was more of like, 
look at me. I'm a great candidate. You should reelect me because I want to be reelected. It wasn't really talking about the root of the problems. Now, I, I noticed something, and I didn't say anything at the time, but you pointed it out. You had the opportunity. Uh, there were a bunch of people that were speechifying and trying to uh, get the party's endorsement and talk about why they're going to be good candidates for different state offices. And one of the people that was speaking was our borough mayor, Charlie Pierce, and his wife, uh, and, and, and he were actually sitting uh, right in front right of in us. Right yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... So kind of recount what, what happened in that conversation. Um, so I pointed out that if people cared so much about education, why would Because that, that was something he was talking about, Yeah, right? he was talking about education. And I told him, I was like, well, if people are caring so much about education, then why aren't they going to the high schools or the colleges and talking to people my age about politics and... Um, their role in the voting and everything else and he just <laughs> he kind of turned the conversation over to himself and he's like oh well I'd been invited to go talk to high school a couple times I was like oh okay that I, I didn't say it but I was thinking like that doesn't really have anything to do with what I was talking about it's more of my generation is being indoctrinated in the schools and it's terrible because try and talk to anyone my age, and if you don't agree with them, you're not going to be able to have a normal, civilized conversation without them, like, freaking out on you. Right. So, so yeah, in, and I told Julia when she made the comment, you know, we were quietly standing in the back. We, we arrived a little bit late. And so there were, it was actually a packed house. over. Yeah, Par- everyone, there was a lot of people there. In, in Paradiso. So there's a lot of people interested in the party unfortunately none of them were young they were all and i i told julia i said part of the reason for that is that traditional thinking is that the youth don't vote and that uh so because they don't vote and they're not people who the party sees as as a as a big part of uh the influence behind getting elected they don't tend to spend any money on the youth yeah and what i had said to that was what they don't realize is that my generation is being raised as these social justice warriors and once they do get to the age of voting they're going to be voting but it's not going to be in the favor of the republican party well, and that's an interesting comment, too, because we've often heard in recent years that your generation is one of the most conservative generations to <laughs> come along. That is the biggest lie I have ever heard. So do tell. So if you go on to, and I, I've deleted like all my social media because it's just stupid, but if you go on to any social media and you go through any videos, you can happen across all sorts of people that are saying basically if you are white, if you're Republican, or if you're Christian, that you are a awful person, that you're racist and and that you're a hater and you know, you should go die, basically. And then, you know, you see the people that are ranting about abortion and everything else and most of my generation is somehow involved in the LGBTQ community as well. So speaking of that, I heard a, a, um, a just a short news piece this morning uh, on One American News. Um, and actually, it wasn't a news piece. I think it was a sort of a, 
I don't know, a community awareness group that was trying to raise awareness about another corporation that has gone woke. And um, specifically in the area of indoctrinating children uh, into this LGBTQ, transgender, Mm -hmm. uh, transitioning sort of conversation. And that was State Farm. State Farm? And And what they said was State Farm, the insurance company, was instructing their agents their brokers, to uh, engage uh, their their uh, staff and clients in conversations about uh, acceptance and sensitivity. Oh, jeez. And uh, it was an interesting tagline. They said, they said like a creepy neighbor, State Farm <laughs> is there. And, um, but, uh, which strikes a question that uh, I'm going to be asking soon, and I would encourage other folks to do that. You know, another character that was there uh, who was at that meeting was Tuckerman Babcock. Now, many people in the state will recognize Tuckerman's name because he's he's a he's a longtime political figure mm-hmm. in the state. He's been the party chairman a couple of times. He's uh, worked for numerous governors. He's, he's done a lot of stuff. And um, he's running for the Senate seat that is being vacated by Senator Peter Michicki. And um, Tuckerman's wife, Christy Babcock, is the broker for State Farm in Kenai. Oh, no. Oh, snap. (laughs) So Tuckerman's running on a conservative platform. That escalated quickly. But, uh, you know, this is a this is a this this undoubtedly is raising some conflict in their uh, their business model. And I'm curious how the Babcocks are going to be combating that Uh, yeah if they'll stand up to the corporate uh overlords and tell them to pound sand and maybe even consider changing uh from state farm to a different uh, insurance brokerage (laughs) yeah yeah so so what would the geico gecko transition into like a pigeon or something Uh, i don't i have no idea maybe he'd turn into like a well, he's just like a little gecko. Maybe he'd be like, I'm a Gila monster now. going to bite you. <laughs> I identify as a uh, Komodo dragon. <laughs> so anyway, um, some, some announcements I wanted to get to today. Uh, some good news. Planned Parenthood in, in uh, Soldatna. Uh, I, I guess there's only four clinics in the state. This is one of the four. Is closing. It's actually... Yes. Closing its doors May 31st. Good. And uh, that means no more referred or chemical abortions. That's awesome. No more sex change hormones dispensed to minors without parental knowledge. So anyway, there's going to be a celebration rally um, the same day, uh, Tuesday, May 31st at 4 p.m. at Farnsworth Park on Birch in Soldatna. And uh, there will be a walk to Planned Parenthood with signs, folding chairs, shofars. You know, have you heard of a shofar? Yes. Yeah. Shofar, as I know, it's just a fancy name for a horn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Flags. Uh, The official rally begins at 5 p.m. There will be music, speakers, and group prayer. Uh, Folks will be returning to the park for a barbecue about 6 p.m. 
Uh, you're encouraged to bring a picnic dish, salad, dessert, chips, etc. And uh, says uh, you should probably leave it in your car after initial arrival because of the march. Um, and then uh, uh, hamburgers and hot dogs will be provided. There will be a mic available for people to uh, share a song or testimony during the picnic. Uh, kids are welcome to come play in the park equipment, and the pavilion is rented for those of us in support of this celebration. So if you're a hater and you want to show up and disrupt things, don't even think about it because there's a lot more of us than you. And, uh, and we're going to stand our ground, and, and we've claimed the territory in Jesus Christ's name, and he has given us the day. So... Anyway, uh, that's some good news. Another thing that we have uh, coming up is Cruising the Kenai. And this is an event that's going to be held down at the uh, All-American Training Center in Soldatna. And this is a car, truck, and bike show. This will be Tuesday, June 9th from 3 to 7 p.m. Ammo Can Coffee will be on site. And um, the uh, guest speaker at this event will be Kelly Shabaka. There will also be a special guest, uh, Connie Hanson-Taylor. She's uh, the woman who played Marshalline in Urban Cowboy. So I know that's way before your time. <laughs> it's barely my time. Uh, but uh, back when uh, John Travolta was a very young man. And mm -hmm. um, so... There will be a beer and wine garden. Uh, of course, Ammo Can Coffee will be there. There will be cotton candy, funnel cake, kids' activities, food, an auction, a wall of guns. Ooh, like the uh, sound of that. Everybody likes a good wall of guns. Uh, door prizes. Um, live music will be by uh, Nashville country music artist Kenny Lee. And... Um, he was, uh, wow, this is really tiny. Can you read, read the <laughs> bottom of that card? Recognized by President Trump for his campaign song, the Trump card. The Trump card. Yep. So, and then there's a little picture of him with Trump. And he's got a cowboy hat on. Yep. Yeah. So no, no Nashville performer is complete without his cowboy hat. And uh, so if you want to see the cowboy hat... The performance and uh, some cool trucks and cars and bikes and just have a good time. This will be, uh, like I said, it'll be June 9th, 3 to 7 p.m. at the All-American Training Center on the Spur Highway, just down the road from Ammo Can Coffee as you head uh, from Soldatna to Kenai. And um, so those are some, some announcements that are coming up. Also, something to remember is in Soldatna, every summer we have something called the Wednesday Market. Yeah, it's starting up really soon. Yeah, June 1st is the first Wednesday, and there are more Wednesdays this uh, this summer than any uh, summer in recent memory, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's the very first day of June and the very last day of August, right? Right, right. So Animal Can Coffee will be on site, as usual, with our mobile uh, headquarters. And um, the concert series, I guess, is on. So uh, it's a huge event. It's every Wednesday in the park down by uh, the Kenai River, and we encourage you to show up, show your support for our local farmers and business uh, crafters, and um, there's all always cool stuff there, 
In the evening, uh, there's usually a concert series that starts at, I think, 6 o'clock? I think it's 6, yeah. Yeah, 6 to 9, they've got a beer garden, and um, uh, they open up big space. And they usually have pretty good acts. So Yeah, they do. And throughout the day, I'm pretty sure they play music as well occasionally. So you'll be able to come down there and see all of the festivities. Um, we've been blessed with good weather the last couple of years. We'll get a couple dreary, drizzly days, but uh, that's the great thing about our business model. We serve both hot and cold drinks. Yes. So um, I wanted to move on. I've got a, a number of items on the deck. And I wanted to that's talk about today uh, I slept in a little bit. And the crazy thing with sleeping in was I don't normally remember my dreams when I sleep in, but I remember my dream very clearly. And I was arguing with myself (laughs) because in my dream, as I was waking up, I was saying, no, no, no. So the deadline to file for office is June 1st. Oh, boy. And so people uh, who are interested in running for a state office have until june 1st now today is the 28th so you're about out of time but um why would somebody want to run for office well we'll get into that here shortly as we talk about uh, a number of someones who currently serve in office who maybe they need to be replaced i don't know i'll let you be the judge of that but um anyway i was having a, a dream And in this dream, I was running for the House of Representatives for our district. Now, that seat is currently occupied by Representative Ron Gillum. And uh, there are a couple of challengers that have thrown their hat in the ring against him. Uh, Local pharmacist um, Justin Ruffridge, which you heard if you listen to our Sportsman Show uh, special episodes. Uh, He was one of our guests He's come back since and is uh, wanting another show. Uh, He's very anxious, I think, to... I've never actually met a politician so anxious to talk to me. (laughs) Usually they, like, run away. Um, But he's very anxious to come back on the podcast. There are a lot of questions swirling around Justin and whether or not he's a true conservative or not. And... uh, That remains to be seen because uh, some of the things that he's been part of uh, with his position as a city councilman and then also as the chairman of the state pharmacy board leave a lot of questions and some uncertainty. And uh, he's a young guy. Uh, He's uh, he's talked to me, I don't know, probably about an hour or so um, outside of the show and I get the impression that he is, he's either, he's one of two things. He's either trying to become something for everyone and just being very adaptive to the moment. Or he is in the process of learning who he is politically. And he's changing his decisions on the fly. So... I don't think that that second one is necessarily a bad thing. Trying to be something for everyone in politics is never a good... Yeah, that's a uh, recipe for disaster. ...good thing to do. But um, the second one, however, I don't want to condemn anybody for changing their ideology or their political beliefs or or leanings, but 
it makes me a little bit nervous because whoever we send to Juno, I think it's important that they be resolved to a certain core set of principles and beliefs that are unwavering, unshakable, unflappable, uh, and will not change. And um, no matter what the incentive is that's put in front of them, and uh, whether that's a, a promise to trade votes on something or something a little no, more nefarious, like, uh, like uh, I don't know, a bribe, you know, uh, a big uh, shiny orange carrot called a pipe dream PFD that's floated in front of their nose. And it says, all you need to get this pipe dream PFD is to compromise every other conservative value you hold dear. <laughs> <clears throat> Not that that would ever happen. But, uh, oh, wait, it did <laughs> this year. So, anyway. Um, the way that I see Juno is like when you send a kid off to college and all the professors are liberal. <laughs> and then they're either going to conform to that to fit in. Or, or quit and get a job in the or trades. Or quit or stand by their beliefs. Right. So um, <clears throat> at this, uh, this, I went to another Republican meeting after the one that Julia and I went to. Because uh, the one we went to was a joint session of... Seven and eight, right? Uh, six and seven. So anyway, maybe seven, eight. I don't know. Redistricting has changed all the numbers or is going to change all the numbers. That's still up in the air. A lot of change this year, but um, they had a second. Uh, they had a second meeting this last Tuesday, and I serve as a uh, a leader for our precinct, which is Precinct Two Forty. If you're listening to this podcast and uh, you want to know if you are in Two Forty, basically uh, the area over by um, Beaver Creek. Uh, Beaver Loop uh, Road uh, up to Strawberry, that area. That is uh, 240, and uh, you're in my neighborhood. So, um, man, I'm drinking this. Uh, I'm drinking this protein shake. And, <laughs> Getting the chalkiness stuck yeah, in your I throat. Yeah, I got to the bottom of it, and I got this piece of chalk stuck in the, bottom, in the back of my throat. So, I'm gonna take a nice, tasty drink of this other cup I have full of ammo can coffee. <laughs> These are very sensitive mics. so They're very, so very sensitive. hopefully that tasted as good for you as it did for me. <laughs> <clears throat> now that I got the chalk removed. Uh, but anyway, I went to the, uh, the district meeting to talk about a couple of things. First of all, I was there to talk about FACL, the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership. And um, I think we've uh, covered some of this in the past uh, with you folks, but... As a refresher, I want to go ahead and pull up <clears throat> some of the notes that I, I delivered. And it, it was interesting, the response that I got from this. Um, because here's, to set this stage, what happened was uh, about a month, month and a half ago, there was a state convention uh, for the Republican Party. And there were a number of Republicans or so-called Republican 
senators and representatives who voted in ways that upset a number of their constituents this year. And for those of you not keeping up or paying attention, there is actually a movement, and it's, it's, it's a growing movement uh, associated with MAGA, Donald Trump's Make America Great Again movement, and it, uh, it's kind of gained its own momentum outside of Trump. And uh, there are a lot of people in the grassroots, rank and file, um, that aren't normally involved with uh, politics who are becoming activists. They're actually engaging their representation, their representatives and senators and the governor when they see something they don't like. And even these, uh, these moms that are now on sort of the domestic terrorism list because they d- decided to speak up. They engaged their, mama bear mode. At their, yeah, they engaged their mama bear mode and decided to show up to a school board meeting. And now they're a threat as far as the FBI is concerned, <laughs> which is kind of funny to think <laughs> about, but scary at the same time. Anyway, the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership is an organization that is designed to uh, expand uh, knowledge. It's, um, they provide experienced teachers. They um, give actionable knowledge. They empower citizens to um, be catalysts for change. And uh, they provide this in classes, uh, workshops, weekend workshops and things where Students learn, discuss, and network with each other. And they're basically designed to help people who are interested in running for office, kind of get the tools and knowledge necessary to be effective in their races. But they also are there to train the rank-and-file voters into this activism model that where they can take their power back. Because surprise, 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 our... Constitution in Article 1, Section 2 essentially says that all political power is inherently found in the people of the state. It is only by them and for them that political power exists. Somewhere down the line, they got that mixed up, huh? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it, it seems that this year and more than in previous memory, uh, any time in previous memory, that our politicians, our political leaders, have somehow come to this conclusion that um, we're actually here to just be quiet and let them do what they feel like they need to do. You know, that somehow we became vassals on the land and that um, they are the, you know, lords and ladies of Juno. Yeah, that definitely makes logical sense for sure. And that, uh, and you better look out because if you stand against them, they will roll you. They will steamroll over you. They will do whatever they can to cancel you, silence you, bully you. Anyway, um, so at this state convention, um, there was a representative, Representative David McCabe, uh, uh, from Big Lake, I believe it is. I'm not sure it's David. Um, shoot. Anyway, Mr. McCabe, uh, he was upset. Kevin, Kevin McCabe. I'm sorry, that's Kevin. his name. 
Kevin McCabe. Kevin. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who remember 321 Penguins, that's a reference Kevin. to that. Kevin. Anyway, Kevin McCabe um, did some things that ticked off in a, a group of Alaskan gun owners that had formed an association that had funded his campaign when he ran against an opponent oh. who had been soft on protections for the Second Amendment. Well, Mr. McCabe got to Juno and it seems promptly forgot some of the promises he made to this association that had given him money. Now, whether or not he actually did what they said he did is immaterial. What is material is that they believe he did something opposing them in their position. Now, if you talk to Mr. McCabe or his wife, his wife is very active on uh, social media and has engaged me several times. Um, in a good way or a bad way? Well, you know, just in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they became very aggressive in dealing with uh, his voting record. And uh, one of the things they did is they went to the very popular, very large Matsu Sportsman Show, where there's a lot of people who support the Second Amendment and the freedom to bear arms for hunting and self-defense and, you know, all the reasons why we bear arms. And um, they circulated a flyer with Mr. McCabe's face on it, full, full, full page, that said, here's what he did. Here's how he voted. Let's get him out. <laughs> he didn't like that. <laughs> well, I don't know if he had wind of that going that that brochure that was going to be circulated or not. But apparently, when it came down to the vote for the uh, budget, which is arguably the single duty that all state legislators should be in Juneau for, is passing the budget. He was absent, conspicuously so. He spent his time at the Matsu Sportsman Show. Mm-hmm. So, so rather than be in Juneau on the floor with the rest of his colleagues doing the business of the state, he, was, he felt it necessary to be in uh, the Matsu at the Sportsman Show. So I don't know if that was because he was had a re-election booth or just wanted to be there for the guns. But there was a group of folks there that were upset with him and circulating this thing. So fast forward to the Republican convention. Mr. McCabe uh, approached the, the assembly of delegates there at the 11th hour with a resolution to uh, attack FACL, the Foundation for <laughs> Applied Conservative Leadership, because he felt that some of those folks who were part of this gun association were also affiliated with or associated with um, the uh, group FACL, the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership. And I was watching social media... And one of the things that was asserted in social media by, you know, there are a lot of people weighing in, was that uh, Mr. McCabe was mad at Representative David Eastman because one of his staffers, um, Jared, uh, um, his last name's uh, failing me right now, um, 
anyway, that one of his staffers was a member of this gun group. And um, that also the director, executive director for Alaska Right to Life, Pat Martin, was also uh, part of this gun group. Oh, Jared McClure was the name. McClure. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, he drew some loose association to this. Now, the intrigue gets deeper because if you go back just prior to the sportsman show, there was a big vote that was going down in the House, and it was a vote on uh, some amendments. It was in the second reading of the budget. So this is prior to the vote on the budget. Um, and as I'm, I've been told, this was the last possible opportunity in which any representative could have an amendment heard. And Mr. Eastman had not been playing ball very well with folks in the caucus, according to all the folks that you talk to who try to justify their motives when talking about ousting Mr. Eastman from the caucus. But uh, Mr. Eastman had a whole bunch of amendments to the budget, which, by the way, when the budget passed, it was the largest budget. It is the largest budget in state history. Oh, geez. Which is antithetical to the position that most conservatives take that we should have a small, efficient government, as and, small as possible. And it's pretty ironic, given that they didn't really give the full, you know, PFD. Right. So, so they tied the PFD, but the, to the budget, and that's another issue um, that we'll get into. But Mr. McCabe, in concert with Representative Ben Carpenter, played this little game when it came time for the second reading of the finance bill. And that game was ping pong. It was a verbal ping pong on the floor. But as each of Mr. Eastman's amendments to this incredibly grossly large uh, uh, finance bill, uh, as each of these amendments were proposed to be heard on the floor, Mr. Carpenter would rise in opposition and ask for a motion to table. And that would be seconded. And they would vote, and a majority of the delegates would table. And I was watching the votes, and there were only about four Republicans that consistently voted against tabling. Well, as soon as uh, Mr. McCabe was done doing that, then Mr. Carpenter would do it. And they rotated back and forth, back and forth, back and forth through every single one of these amendments. It was only after this display of, of uh, I guess you'd have to say, tyranny of the caucus, because this caucus claimed up to this point that they were not a binding caucus, meaning that it wasn't uh, supposed to be a caucus where you had to be lockstep in agreement with all the other members, that you were a free agent, representing your constituents and that each person would be able to operate as they saw fit. But the caucus was upset with Mr. Eastman and decided to treat him like a member of a binding caucus and shut down all of his amendments, which conveniently also simultaneously made it to where all of these so-called Republican conservative representatives would not have to be on the record voting uh, for or against any of the amendments. Sneaky, sneaky. 
sneaky sneakies right. Sneaky little hobbitses. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, fast forward uh, a short time later, uh, the caucus then officially, officially kicked Mr. Eastman to the curb. That's messed up. Kicked him out. So let's talk a little bit about what happened next. Because there's a lot of people that are upset that we don't have this permanent fund dividend. Let's talk about the dividend for a moment. So it was proposed, it was leaked, it was announced, whatever, to the public that there was going to be this permanent fund dividend. Where every member of the Alaska public was going to receive funds in the amount of about $5,500. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. For my family, that'd be to the tune of about $27,500 for the year that we would have received as a household to use to offset the cost of energy and rising inflation and all of these things. And, you know, on the heels of two years of COVID where business was uh, not booming, and uh, lots of hardship has been experienced by all. So lots of people, as soon as they heard that figure of $5,500, they already spent the money in their minds. And some of the more foolish ones probably went out and actually, actually spent, spent their money. The money. Well, that was never going to happen. It was known pretty early on that Governor Dunleavy had pledged he would be eliminating about $1,300 immediately with his veto power. Uh, from that check because you see this wasn't a normal pfd this was a pfd that uh was really mislabeled it wasn't a check coming from the people's portion of the earnings of the permanent fund dividend but rather it was money being spent out of a different account and in addition to that how does that thirteen hundred dollars thirteen hundred dollars was not being uh, included as a PFD payment. They were calling it an energy subsidy. But in reality, the money was basically coming from accounts that have nothing, nothing to do with where the PFD traditionally has been taken from. That's my understanding. So I'm sure if you are a critic out there that you will correct me on social media and tell me how I'm an idiot. But uh, remember, this is, just, uh, this is just a layman's show of how we see it from the nosebleed section of the bleachers where we sit. Because we're a long way from Juno. And most of us have lives that don't revolve around consuming politics 24 hours a day. Like uh, some of those of you who don't have lives. And uh, <laughs> that's all you do. Um, because, you know, politics is not supposed to be a career uh, in America, it's kind of sport and pastime in some some instances, but uh, but the reality is that uh, there's a lot of chicanery going on, a lot of uh, cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors, bait and switch. So I just have some interesting. I have a, I have a, I have a question I want to pose to you, and I'll give you you know half a second of silence to think about a reply. What do you suppose was happening behind the scenes that would cause the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives to pass a budget 
up to the Senate for consideration that included binding language stripping the state's ability to fund abortion. So let me say that again. What do you think would cause the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives to pass and forward this bill that contained language that did not line up with their agenda and then simultaneously see a reply from the Senate which is controlled by the Republicans by the way flip that bill around send it back to them with the protections for the preborn stripped. So the Republicans stripped the pro-life language and the Democrats added the pro-life language. What do you suppose was happening behind the scenes? Oh yeah, and let's talk about the largest budget ever passed and this massive PFD that uh, they were promising during a time of economic inflation and a crashing stock market. So just marinate on that for a minute. Yeah, that's... So what do you suppose was happening behind the scenes? A 17-year-old's perspective. Go. (laughs) Well, I would think that something was going on, whether they were compromising, quote-unquote compromising, in order to get what each other wanted somehow... Something was going on that wasn't being spoken aloud to the public. I mean, there's, there's no way that the Democrats would actually put forward something that's pro-life and that real Republicans would be like, oh, no, no, I'm going to strip that and send it back to you. Like, here you go. Like, that, that doesn't, it does not make any sense. So... I engaged with somebody online because, you know, there's a lot of people who are not thinking multidimensionally about this. They're not considering all these facts. They're not they're not looking deeper into what all this actually means. They're they're listening to the sound bites of a few influential people and saying, oh, you bunch of nasty conservative David Eastman types, you just. You just were dogmatic on saving children and didn't want us to have our money. (laughs) And uh, so I'll let you think about that position for half a second. Okay, now let's let's get away from the whole love of money being the root of all evil. Not that money's evil, but the love of it is. Especially when you are willing to be bought with the exchange of blood occurring. Oh, by the way, did you know that in 2021, the state of Alaska, and yes, that's you, that's you, you are the people of the state, in which all political power is inherent and derived fully for and by, right? That's you and me and our neighbors. We, the state of Alaska, paid to kill 530 seven preborn babies. Thank you, Governor Dunleavy. Remember, Governor Dunleavy had said he was going to strip this funding and not fund uh, Planned Parenthood or abortions. 
But then our activist courts came back and said, oh, you can't do that, Governor. And he said, fine, I'll just strip that amount of money from you. And they said, oh, you can't do that, Governor. And so the governor said, shucks, okay. (laughs) What? Yeah, so the governor didn't do anything. He didn't hold the line. He didn't say, wait a second, judiciary, you are a separate branch of the government that does not control the purse. The legislature controls the purse, and the people of Alaska have spoken many times about not wanting to pay for abortion. So as the chief executive for the state, I'm going to say, nah. So, you know, uh, this is your governor, ladies and gentlemen, and, and your governor was elected by us. We killed those babies. And guess what? We killed those babies again this year because we bought, uh, collectively as a people, we bought the lie that they were going to give us some money. And the price of a human life, it appears, in Alaska is $5,500. So, Goodness gracious. Um, you know, people like uh, Representative David Eastman, Representative Kirka, were demonized by the conservative media. And, and, and the, uh, the liberal media alike for being dogmatic and unreasonable by not voting for concurrence and causing everybody the discomfort of having to put together a conference committee, which was stacked with a bunch of Democrats and rhinos. Oh, boo-hoo. And they had to go on the record saying, yes, we hate babies and we love money. And um, and we love money so much that we've got a bunch of earmarks, a bunch of big carve outs for big labor, which, by the way, is controlled in this state by big government with over 30 percent of our friends and neighbors being employed, being employed by government at some level and being represented by public employee unions. Yes, we, the people of Alaska, killed those babies and the price of a human life is fifty five hundred dollars and an expanded benefits package if you're a union member. Oh, by the way, those 30% of our friends and neighbors who work for the government who support this kind of tactic basically believe that they need the money worse than you. That's right. You service industry scum. You people working down in the lower levels of society, flipping burgers and tossing burritos. Those of you cleaning the streets and fixing the pipes. Those of you who we call when the toilet won't flush. You're not as important as the people that stayed home during COVID collecting full pay and benefits. While doing basically nothing. To provide no services to nobody. Wow. Pregnant pause. So Governor Dunleavy in the news uh, announces his pick for Lieutenant Governor. Nancy Dahlstrom. Yes, you know, Nancy, she's been in the news before um, and not in a good way. So let's talk about Ms. Dahlstrom and this governor's pick. Um, you know, this should not be a surprise to anybody, giving the Constitution trashing record of Governor Dunleavy uh, during COVID, where he basically just tore the thing up and, you know, threw it in a corner and did nasty things to it. Thanks, anytime. pal. Yeah, so um, Mr. Mr. Dunleavy said he was going to make an announcement within a week's time and uh, of his VP pick, but a month later made his announcement. 
So me thinks that, wait, I don't want to say that. You know who I sound like? I sound like Dwayne Bannock. I can't do that. <laughs> Dwayne says me thinks. Dwayne, if you're listening out there, me don't thinks. Me use real uh, English uh, to speak. I think, uh, I think that uh, Mr. Dunleavy is done for... Um, Mr. Dunleavy picked a woman who, whose name was mixed up in, you might remember the National Guard scandals uh, with sexual assault and uh, the governor's office being mixed up in that. Miss Dahlstrom was also uh, in the background lurking. If you go back and Google the stories, you'll find her name. The other thing that she is astonishingly somehow possibly connected and I, I did some research and a liberal outlet was actually pointing this fact out that Miss Dahlstrom served as a consultant for a company that uh, received an interesting contract with the city of Anchorage under the Bronson administration which you know I think Bronson's probably one of the better things that could have happened to Anchorage given the alternative of, uh, oh, Mr., uh, Mr., uh, what do we call him? Peeth and Berkowitz? <laughs> Berk Berkowitz. We, we used to say his Berkowitz. name. Berkowitz. Ethan Berkowitz. Uh, Peeth and Berkowitz. Yes. So, yeah. uh, Mr. Berkowitz, and then followed by Austin Quinn, whatever her last name was, Jones, Davis, weird, Something. uh, and illegitimate in the very least, uh, mayor um who was not the mayor but was the mayor who the city decided hey we've got a charter but we're not going to follow it mayor um you know uh mr bronson followed on the heels of those two so it's hard to screw up <laughs> and be worse hard to be worse than that than those two but um there's he, his administration's not with its own intrigues and in this case Specifically, the Golden Lion Hotel. Yes, the hotel that uh, Mr. Berkowitz and uh, the, the administration that followed were looking at purchasing to use for homelessness and treatment purposes using COVID dollars to um, degentrify the uh, beautiful neighborhood of Geneva Woods by placing a whole bunch of hobos and heroin addicts uh, on their dominant corner there. Um, well, the city bought the hotel and the scandal grew and then Mr. Bronson came along and inherited this uh, perfumed pig. And uh, he had some friends, friendly friends, the friendly, friendly friends that give you $15,000 for your political campaign. Those kinds oh, of friends boy. who also subsequently owned a company that was taking advantage of monoclonal antibody uh, treatments being bought and paid for by the feds and distributed by the state into its uh, political <clears throat> subdivisions like the city. And, um, well, the long and short of it is they got a sweetheart contract. <sighs> Another cup of coffee. <clears throat> In this contract, uh, they got to use the Golden Lion 
for a clinic. But guess what? They didn't have to pay for the building or the utilities. What? And they got access to the monoclonal antibodies for free. Wait, wait a second. Uh, oh, and by the way, um, there was another company across town that was also offering the uh, monoclonal antibodies to people who were, frankly, scared out of their minds and fearing death um, to dim to 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 uh, <clears throat> distribute in the community for free. But that came with some caveats. I was going to say nothing. They could free. they could only. Well, it was purchased by the government, so nothing's free because they just took our money and redistributed <laughs> it in creative ways. But Oh, and they took our children's money. Yes, your money. They took your money. You're not of age to vote yet, but uh, they took your money and your children's money. And by the way, their children's money, because that's what you do when you print money that has nothing behind it. You just enslave the population for generations. But that's another issue. So... <clears throat> on the very simplest level, we could say, ah, yeah, it was free. Well, that's great, because it's a pandemic. It should be free. We should preserve life, no matter what the cost. And don't make uh, a cost to the suffering a barrier to them getting treatment, right? Well, the only way that they could do that was if they were a certified medical provider. If they had the right government documents to say, mm-hmm. you're qualified to do the job. Well, Mr. Bronson's friends, who also were uh, hiring Miss Dahlstrom. Remember, we're talking about the new lieutenant governor pick. Uh, they had hired her for a different reason, but she was affiliated. So it's one big incestuous family, folks. Just, just follow the money. But... Uh, these guys were actually charging people for the free vaccines they were supposed to be distributing from the building they didn't have to pay any rent on or utilities. But hey, there's a pandemic on, nothing to see here. So that's another news story that Mrs. Dahlstrom's name is attached to. Whether or not she had any role in the shenanigans, the chicanery of uh, the monoclonal side of the equation is yet to be determined. I, the, the story that I read didn't suggest she was, but did suggest that she, while serving in public office, was also a consultant on another issue. Uh, I think they were providing private security or something through the, through the firm. But uh, so that's, that's the governor's pick. Oh, by the way, she was the, she was the head, the commissioner of the Department of Corrections for the state of Alaska. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the people there to protect us from all those meanies out there who've done evil, bad things to us. One problem. Apparently, the oath she took when she swore to serve the great citizens of the state, no matter how nice or how vile they might be, um, that oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, you know, that whole thing about mm, all political power being derived wholly from and by and for the oh, people. Oh, you mean like you that, know, that, that important little paper that, thingy? Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she 
she decided in her infinite wisdom, and I'm sure with uh, probably some conversations with the, the illustrious chief medical officer of Alaska, Ann Zink, and, yeah. and her boss, uh, Michael J. Dunleavy, that during the COVID pandemic... they were just going to suspend some of those rights to prisoners because who cares about them anyway, right? Well, here's the deal, folks, is that sometimes when people go to jail, they're not guilty. Or the state has not provided the burden of proof necessary by law under the 4th and 15th Amendments of the Constitution. You know, those inconvenient little words about due process and equal protection under the law? Well... Uh, they felt that it was uh, it was too dangerous for prisoners who, by the way, were not being uh, able to be expedited through the um, court system. Because remember, folks, the courts were all shut down, too, that they, they couldn't have face to face communications, private communications with their lawyers. Wow, that, that, that's a violation of due process. And then they also went a step further and said that they couldn't have visitation with their families unless they agreed to become vaccinated. What the heck? Now, there's a document called the Nuremberg Code of 1947. We actually shot and hung people, ladies and gentlemen, for doing medical experimentation on prisoners in World War II. Yes, the Nazis. And um, so... Is it fair to call Miss Dahlstrom a Nazi? I don't know. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. It's a Dahlstrom. <laughs> and, it, you know, this is interesting. Dahlstrom, Dunleavy, ducks, uh, quacking. Uh, you can find the loose association there. I'm not going to explain it. Um, you know, so this is the Dunleavy administration once again showing its utter contempt for the Constitution and disregard for the people of Alaska. Hiring somebody, by the way, who is supposed to be in charge of election integrity, right? <laughs> and, re and, and restoring trust in the electoral system. Somebody who did not even uh, work to uphold the Constitution and its application to all residents of the state of Alaska. You know, just because you go to jail does not mean you don't have rights anymore. Not in this country, at least. Yeah, that's not. But uh, that's an inconvenient little truth that the Dunleavy administration probably will not highlight in their next press conference. But I thought it was important to point out. Uh, let's talk about HB 172 real quick. The mental health bill. This bill uh, expands the police powers... They say it's not an arrest, but it's interesting if you read all the notes in committee and everything about what this actually does. It gives arresting authority. What, what is the definition of arrest, Julia? Uh, Come on, your, your, your generation's definition of arrest. Uh, arrest would be, I mean, my generation? Oh. Well, just to take someone under custody for wrongdoing. Okay. Hey, that's, you must be homeschooled. So, so arrest, right? So, so taken under under what? Under duress. Taken under custody. Uh, in, into custody. Into custody. Okay. Under circumstances of wrongdoing. All right. 
Hey, that's that's pretty good. Let's, uh, you know, um, shoot. I, I wish I was faster at this. I need somebody who would be willing to come in and be a production tech for me because if I had this a t- timed appropriately, I would have done this. <laughs> yeah. So so the crowd approves anyway. Um, so arrest. Yes. So, so if that's the definition of arrest and I would say it's safe to assume that it, that is pretty close because that's my generation's definition as well. That if somebody takes you into custody and stomps your free ability to move about as you so choose, wanting to go hither and yon, uh, without interference from, an agent of the government or somebody empowered by them to stop you from traveling hither and yon, that that would be called arrest, correct? Yes. Okay. I looked up the definition. It says to seize someone by legal authority and take into custody. Okay. So that is the definition of arrest, folks. Well, in the United States of America, in the state of Alaska, there's something called due process. And you're not supposed to be able to actually arrest somebody unless... They are providing an eminent risk of harm to somebody else. Now, you've heard of citizen's arrest. There's, that's not as simple as it is to say. If you stop somebody from doing what they want to and from going where they're going, you better have a darn good reason because there's a fine line between citizen's arrest and kidnapping. <laughs> and you don't want to be on the wrong side of that equation. But what the state of Alaska did... With HB 172, was they created a new class of paraprofessional or professional who now has the ability to make a value uh, a judgment, a crisis assessment, right? Crisis assessment. Don't like where this is going. And look at you and say, mm, Julia, you're not wearing a mask today. Why is that? And you say, masks are evil. They don't work. They'll say, "Wow, you must be homeschooled." Uh, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that wasn't. That was not nice. And uh, or they they might say something like, well, "Oh, you th- must be mentally ill." You must be mentally ill because the science is settled on this. The the great benevolent Dr. Fauci, the quote unquote science that we totally researched and didn't just get spoon fed and changed every twenty four hour news cycle. Gosh. So. Uh, but one of these uh, uh, knowledgeable professionals who's carrying a license or not, has, maybe they just have a paraprofessional certificate. They're a village health aide. They can look at you and say, Julia, you're a risk to yourself and others or others. And because of that, we think it's necessary to stop you from traveling hither and yon and put you into a crisis center. To evaluate. That is terrifying. To evaluate how how um, much crisis you're in. Because obviously, you're having a crisis of reason here. You're not listening to the science. You're doing strange and bizarre things that are terrible for our community. And so, we're going to hold you for 72 hours. And if for some reason you may become agitated. Jeez. Oh, we now have the power to drug you. What? Oh, and by the way, we don't have to use, uh, we don't have to engage actual police officers who have the power of arrest or go to a court and get permission to prove that we even have probable cause to arrest you. That is terrifying. 
Thank you, Ron Gillum, Sarah Vance, Ben Carpenter, and a whole host of other Republicans, actually, uh, you know, who voted for this. Now we get to the issue of rhinos. What is a rhino? Well, the, the acronym is a Republican in name only, but let's talk about the animal itself. I actually didn't know that was what it stood for. Republican <laughs> in name only. So a rhino is a large horned animal. And they used to be pretty rare, but it seems that they're making a comeback. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, and rhinos, you don't want to piss them off. This is true. Because they will they, you. And they will chase you till they don't see you. Or you're dead. Right. Yeah. Right. They will They will smash you into the ground. Well, it seems that with uh, Mr. McCabe, see, I'm circling back. I'm mm -hmm. doing a Jen Psaki here. Uh, Mr. McCabe and his ilk, I say ilk because they're rhinos, the people who are elected representatives, so-called representatives of the voters of this state, yes, those people who all political power is inherent in, of, by, and for, they don't like being challenged, they don't like being criticized, they don't like being called out on their votes, and if possible, they will conceal the real meaning for their votes. They will pass laws that make absolutely no sense ideologically, like stripping all of the uh, abortion uh, pro-life language from a budget, or passing the largest budget ever, you know, all of which are... Uh, ideologically opposed no bueno. ideas for true Republicans. Um, and then when you challenge them, they will literally pound you into the ground if they think they can get away with it. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's and that's what up. Mr. McCabe did. And uh, Mr. Gillum um, and several others who were in attendance all spoke or voted one way or the other uh, for Mr. McCabe's uh, language that would have silenced any grassroots voter who had the audacity to question or challenge them in a way that made them feel uncomfortable if they could prove that that person was somehow affiliated with the educational organization known as the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership, FACL. Wow. So. That just... <laughs> By the way, did you know that transgender males in women's sports is a thing? Yeah, they're taking over. Were you paying attention? It's messed up. Well, you, did you know that this session there was a bill that was promoted? I believe it was by Delaney Johnson. Um, I may have that wrong. But a transgender uh, a bill that would have barred transgender males, biological males, who are born biologically male from competing in women's sports in the state of Alaska, Alaska, but guess who killed it? Oh, joy. Republican Senator Click Bishop, Republican Senator Josh Revac, Republican Senator Burt Stedman, Republican Senator Gary Stevens, in our own backyard here, and Republican Senator Natasha Von Emhoff. They killed that bill, by the way. Rhinos? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, by the way, Senate Bill 156, which was a bill to end vaccine discrimination. That was blocked by Senator Burt LeBon and was not allowed to be heard. Um, 
Oh, yeah. And by the way, that pro-life language that was stripped out of the budget in the Senate by Republicans was done by none other than Josh Revac, Republican, Click Bishop, Republican, Bert Stedman, Republican, Gary Stevens, Republican. Oh, you know these, these names. They sound so familiar. You, you, you're starting to get the picture. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's not as simple as a few schmucks who voted against a PFD just because they hate you, which is the oversimplified version of what you might be reading on Must Read Alaska or some of the other political blogs that are really just uh, sort of covering for this, uh, this administration and their rhino cronies. They're trying to silence the true conservatives. They're trying to uh, demonize them, call them names. You know, generally when you don't have a good argument, what do people usually do? What do they devolve into? They devolve into beasts, basically. They, they attack you instead of your argument. They try and do whatever they can to throw out a red herring and be like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, wow. I'm... <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? She said red herring. Wow. 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 So, uh, you know, um, there's some of the people in this generation, I guess, that get it. Thank you for coming on the show today, Julia. I know I did most of the talking, but it was nice to have your company. And, you know, maybe we should work out a deal where occasionally you just take over the mic and the show is yours. That uh, sounds scary, but sure, why not? (laughs) So I hope that you've enjoyed listening to the conservative hour of power and enlightenment salon, a show brought to you generously through the benevolence of a great business that I own, the uh, ammo can coffee social club located deep in the heart of Soldatna. And uh, it's a beautiful sunny day on a Memorial day weekend. And uh, we encourage you to come down here, enjoy all of uh, God's bounty that, uh, that our community has been blessed with. But please don't be a tool. Be and, nice. And uh, don't forget your sunscreen. Don't forget your sunscreen, your bug spray, and please take your fish carcasses and dispose of them properly. And for those people who might decide to ignore the signs in front of my house that say no parking anytime, just don't do it. Don't do it. Please respect people's privacy, respect their private property. Come be a part of our wonderful community down here. And who knows, maybe you'll like it enough to stay. You've been listening. We've been speaking. And we'll talk to you again next week. Um, If you have an idea for a show, we encourage you to engage us. Let us know what that idea is. And if you'd like to come on and talk about a specific idea that you have uh, a specific issue you think needs to be touched on uh, we would like for you to have a voice and uh, use this platform if you're conservative if you love liberty you want to promote uh, truth and community and goodwill but you're willing to draw a line in the sand and stay here I stand shoulder to shoulder in solidarity with my friends and neighbors, then this is the show for you, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great week, everybody.
Wow.